You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thank you for staying with us on Real Presence Live. I am Karen Stolensky along with Father Craig Holcalter, the pastor at St. Anne's Catholic Parish here in Bismarck, North Dakota, where we are broadcasting live um, on this feast day of the Solemnity of the Assumption of Mary. We are very blessed um, with the guests we have on today. Yeah, um, with great lineup. Each other. Um, we are on to our next guest here, and we have Michael Gormley, who is going to be one of our keynote speakers for one of our fundraising banquets that we will be holding in Dickinson, North Dakota, on November 14th. So we are excited to have you. Welcome, Michael. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah. We um, um, appreciate that you are taking the time out. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people that don't know who you are, for sure. And if you would introduce yourself, um, tell us a little bit about yourself to our listeners and get us excited about the November 14th banquet. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I am an unknown Catholic celebrity. That's what, that's what I uh, call myself in my house. Um, so the goal uh, of my ministry in apostolate has always been from the beginning to connect everything that the Catholic Church teaches to the Paschal Mystery, the life, death, resurrection and ascension of Christ. And the amazing thing is when you start to do this, when you put the, the basic gospel, what Christ did for us, at the center of everything, um, the, it, it becomes a beautiful symphony, right? Uh, and so I've started doing this when I was a life teen youth minister, you know, 17 years ago when I first got started doing full-time parish ministry. And uh, I continue to do that when I got an adult faith formation bringing Protestants into the Catholic Church and my parish out here in um, the Woodlands, Texas. And now... Um, kind of big deal for me after 17 years of parish ministry full-time. I uh, jumped ship into the Catholic apostolate world, and I work for Paradisius Day, which is um, the kind of umbrella nonprofit that has uh, That Man Is You, which is the kind of the more popular, more well-known ministry. We're in 800 parishes in the U.S., Canada, Mexico, and my role is basically mission evangelist, which is they pay me a small salary so I can go out and do things like come on up in November uh, to y'all in Dickinson and uh, do the gala there for Real Presence Radio. I, I travel all over the country. I just got back from Chicago doing a parish mission on the Eucharistic Revival. So, yeah, it enables me to have a lot of uh, a lot of fun, a lot of access to Catholics and, and non-Catholics and kind of preach the gospel. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing full-time. Mike or Michael, what do you prefer? Which which name do you do you have? A oh, name? you can call me anything, Mike, Michael, or Gomer. That's my name. <laughs> yeah, Gomer is Gomer, <laughs> Gomer. Yeah, it's interesting. You said just wait till you uh, you speak in in Dickinson, it's my hometown, and then your flame of popularity will rise, Mike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know that's. That's what everyone says. If you can make it in Dickinson, you can make it anywhere. Right? I I love. I want to go back. Where, you know, before us is this wide, wide topic, Mike, of uh, evangelization. Mm-hmm. But because you offered it, uh, t- tell us if you will. Uh, I love that you. I've had I've had a li- uh, more than a little, not a lot experience in St. Louis, Missouri, with Life Teen, uh, and a lot of respect for that apostolate. That must have impacted your current work, and 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 I assume as uh, a, a life teen, you know, director or minister, that it really excited your heart to carry this, you know, as you said, kind of to connect what the Catholic Church does to the, the life of our Lord. 
Is that yeah. true? Tell us about that. If you can, I think it's good for our listeners to hear that because it's such important work in youth ministry. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my wife is from St. Louis, so maybe y'all cross paths. Um, yeah, but Life Team is huge in my life. When I moved from Oklahoma to Texas, where I'm at now, um, my parish had ju- was just beginning. It was out of a, a high school, and, and Life Team was my first experience with anything like um, youth ministry at that level, where youth ministry was not just a social group, it was also faith formation. And one of the things you learn about getting connected with Life Team is that they only have one mission, which is to lead teens closer to Christ. And over the years, my experience with that was, uh, I, I would say that the thing that I took away the most was in this day and age, evangelization, uh, preaching the basic gospel message, must be a part of all of our catechesis. And what I mean by that is I find that too many Catholic catechists, volunteer teachers, core, you know, whatever, um, priests in their homilies, whatever it might be, they assume a life of faith that you can't always assume anymore. And so the new evangelization, re-evangelization, proposing the gospel for the first time, to a skeptical or fallen away or lapsed audience became my default because I don't know if you've ever seen uh, you know 300 high school sophomores where you just ruin their weekend by making them go on a confirmation retreat they're not happy with you and so you have to constantly win them over and I when I switched out of youth ministry into full-time adult faith formation I never stopped doing that every group I'm with and it's amazing I'll meet a person who has been Catholic their whole life spent the last four years going to weekly Bible study, and they still don't know who the Lord is. They still don't have a relationship mm. with God. They're still on the fence with Catholicism. You know, maybe they'll go to their friend's, you know, non-denom church or whatever, and they're just like, well, you know, and these are the people that we find are not coming back post-COVID. You know, they're comfortable watching the Mass on their televisions and stuff like that because they don't understand what it means to be in a relationship with our Lord and what it means to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion and, and, and all of these things in such a deeper level. Um, and so, yeah, so that life team notion of always be winning, right? You're, you're always there. Never assume that someone is, is a completed disciple. That, that's always stuck with me. Mike, what is your? What have you seen? I want to c- cut right to it here. Uh, the the time on radio, as you know, gets cut short so quickly with conversation, and you're you're powerful. I, I'm, I'm eager to, to have you in Dickinson, especially for the the supporters and the friends of Real Presence Radio, upcoming uh, in November. Can you share with us kind of some of your? Because um, I w- I want to take this to kind of your insight or your advice. But what have you seen in terms of like a really you know effective? Uh, joy-filled, kind of robust e- evangelical efforts at the parish level? What have you encountered, either, either personally or you visited them, and you're like, wow, that that is what we need to be doing. Can you share some of those yeah. experiences with us? I think people would find yeah. that really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, number one, you have to put people in place, whether they're volunteers, part-time, or full-time, who understand what the basic gospel message is and how to proclaim it, the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, and what that means for us. And what I find is, um, and how that, let me keep going, and how the Paschal Mystery is grounded in the sacramental life of the Church, right? So um, often when you look at a lot of parish reform movements, and there's a lot of books that are out there, a lot of programs that you can buy, a lot of things like that, what I find is they, they all have the same thing. Let's overburden the mass and let's kind of alter the mass to make it accommodating to skeptics, to outsiders, 
to backsliders, people who don't believe anymore. And I think that's a false step. Um, I think that's a false step because, number one, it, it, it devalues the point of the Mass, which is the offering of the Holy Sacrifice of Christ and the reception of Holy Communion. I think it devalues it by trying to make it do too much. So what we have to do is all of the evangelization efforts and work have to be done in outside areas than just the Mass. Because the Mass is kind of, it leads to it and, it, and, and comes from it, but... I think too often we like, well, the people are here, so let's evangelize. Well, yeah, the homily mm. can do that, but don't turn every aspect into into this this thing. And I find that is an overstep in a lot of these like popular books. And I don't need to name names, but my goal would be to ask the laity to actually follow what Vatican II asked of us, which is to go out into the streets and public places, to go to our neighbors, to go to our coworkers, and to begin bearing witness to the gospel. And uh, this means by our lives, but it also means by our words. And it means principally by our love, by our charity towards our neighbor. Um, you know, the early church grew in the midst of fierce Roman persecution. It grew 40% every 10 years, every decade. And the reason why is in the Christian community, men and women were brothers and sisters. And we just don't see that in our churches today. Um, and so my goal is, like, real practical stuff is potluck. Man, you invite people into your home. You are making yourself vulnerable. You're you're sacrificing. Like in me and my wife's budget, our our household budget is buying food so that we can have potlucks. Um, I know a lot of young adult Catholics don't have community. They feel very um, isolated and alone, especially if they go to mass regularly. Um, and so this is where older couples um, need to step up and invite them into their lives, invite them into their home. I know a guy who randomly went to Mass in Steubenville, Ohio, and, he, and right after Mass, the guy sitting behind him said, Hey, uh, I've never seen you in here before. Are you new here? And the guy said, Oh, yeah. And he goes, Well, do you want to come to my house for brunch afterward? <laughs> and it was Scott Hahn and Kimberly Hahn. And that guy had, right, like that was a life changer for this person, right? So this is what I, I encourage people all the time. In, in your official catechesis, you've got to understand not just what the church teaches, but why, because apologetics matters. But at the end of the day, um, we need our liturgy to be fully robust, the liturgy, and we need our lay people to feel and be equipped to go out and preach the gospel. Yeah, my, it's so interesting that you said that because, you know, people, I don't know if they roll their eyes, but it's like so, it's even if there's an English word below basic, right, it's <laughs> because this is, this is everywhere in the gospels. Our yep. Lord going into homes, our Lord being invited into homes, and and the, the the climax of this is just before his death, he has he asks the beloved right John to to take his mother Mary into her his home, right. and and <laughs> it's amazing how uh, I'm a young pastor, very young. I was just you know just uh, installed a few weeks ago and named July one. But I am so focused on this idea of community because that, that's, that's the paradigm our Lord gives to us. And, there's, and I am too. Are you tempted just to overcomplicate it with programs and initiatives? And especially so aimed at the intellectual that we forget that, that our, our Lord, in fact, came to earth to find friendship and community. And it worked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like th I mean, that was, his, his that was the basis of the gospel. Yeah, his command to his disciples is, the world will know that you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. Mm -hmm. And if you were to just reflect on your ordinary parish life, would an outsider be able to say, 
Yeah. Those people love one another. Isn't it true? That's the thing that breaks my heart. That's what breaks my heart. Yeah, there, there is so much here, Mike. We're going to go to a very short break for our listeners. And uh, we're going to be right back with Michael Gormley. He is going to be uh, the presenter, the speaker at the Real Presence Radio Banquet, November 14th. Uh, next November here, coming up here, just a couple of months in Dickinson. Uh, Mike, we can't wait to get back to this, uh, your life and your witness uh, to all of our listeners. I'm your co-host, Father Craig Holkalter, along with Karen Selensky. We'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Have you ever known someone who has taken their own life? 50% of Americans have. I'm Father Chris Alar. For years, professionals have called the tragedy of suicide an epidemic, but we believe it has become a pandemic because more people in the world take their own life than die by all the wars or homicides combined. Do you know that there are more veterans who have killed themselves than were killed in the Vietnam War? And these numbers keep increasing, especially among the youth. And society doesn't help. Through misguided ways, such as shows like 13 Reasons Why, suicide has become glorified in our society. But there is hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Did you know you can listen to Real Presence Live anytime on any podcast platform? Just search for Real Presence Radio on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and on the Real Presence Radio website. Then subscribe so you don't miss any future shows. If you like what you hear, give us a good rating so other people can find us as well. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. At the University of Mary, we offer an education for the whole of life. Our values-based, flexible, and affordable education will prepare you for success and help you become a leader in your field. Whether you want to start your degree for the first time or continue your education, whether you are a working professional or want to pursue school full-time, join us for an education that will help you make a positive impact in our community. Discover the Mary difference. UMary.edu. That's UMary.edu. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We are here in Bismarck, North Dakota. Sunny, bright morning at St. Anne's Catholic mm-hmm. Parish. I am Karen Slensky, along with Father Craig Holkalter, the pastor here at St. Anne's. And you guys are going through a great renovation project. We are. And um, we don't hear the hammers and the sods yet. They take the solemnity off as well. Oh, they do? Yes. Okay. Well, they have to because of our masses. Yes. Well, that's good, though. Yes. <laughs> They're honoring Mary as well. Yes. So we are speaking with um, Mike Gormley. He is going to be the Real Presence Radio keynote speaker in Dickinson, North Dakota on November 14th. So put that on your calendars. Uh, we're going to have a great event there. First time that we're doing a fundraising banquet there. But um, we're excited to have him. And, and welcome back, um, Mike. We just wanted to visit with you a little bit about um, that man is you 
the um, group of men in Dickinson that you've been working with. Um, we are very blessed to have Mike Kidrowski, who's our Director of Advancement, who's part of that group. And many of them are on our banquet committee as well, so we are very blessed um, to have that group of men. So if you want to just tell us, the, the listeners, a little bit about your work with them. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've known, so when that man as you started uh, 20 years ago, come September 8th, uh, it's a fascinating thing because I joined it when I was uh, un, uh, single, you know, didn't have any kids as a youth minister, full-time job. And so uh, at the pair started it up and I would go every week and the content I loved, but I just felt out of place. I wasn't married, didn't have kids. Everyone else there did. So I kind of dropped out. But years later, no matter what parish I was going to to do um, parish missions, uh, a lot of the time or men's conferences, that man is he was always present at this thing. So I was looking to step out of parish ministry, and one day one of the guys from that man is you that I'm friends with called me up, and, and I just said, are you guys hiring? And they weren't, <laughs> but uh, I pitched them an idea that um, they need someone to go out on the road and, and talk to that man is you groups. I go out on the road all the time. Uh, I just came back from Steubenville where I did the Defending the Faith conference with Dr. Scott Hahn and, and a handful of other people. and. Uh, I'm like, I'm always out and about. Look, what if what if I met up with your people? What if what if we collaborated on events? And then it became this great job. So one of the things, I, I just was in the Chicago area, Rockford Diocese, um, in St. Charles, Illinois, and I went out a day early so I could hang out with the That Man is You group. Uh, great group of guys, two different parishes. They came and, and we hung out and just to get to know the guys and see the ministry and the work that they're doing, which uh, I, I absolutely love it. So for people who aren't familiar, That Man is You essentially is weekly formation and fellowship for men um, that occurs in a parish setting, and that's kind of the, the main goal. And uh, so when I come up, I'm coming up on uh, the 13th, I'm going to meet with the, the Blue Hawk Catholic Young Adult Group and some other folks, and then on uh, the 14th we'll do the gala, and the 15th I'll meet with the That Man is You group. And Father Bobby Shea I went to Franciscan with, so looking forward to a lot of that. But yeah, my goal is basically they hired me to be their itinerant creature guy. So that's my goal. It's great that you can. This is so. This is so. You know, first generation Christianity. I mean, you know, just like between the uh, the apostles and then their disciples, Timothy. You know, that hey, go to this group because I, you know, I've been there already, and they're they're growing, and we need way more of that, uh, Mike. What is your um, now? Now you mentioned, you know, you kind of approached it two ways, but to return to kind of the initial question on evangelization and parishes. You mentioned this idea of, of, of uh, what parishes do well or what they're not doing well. Can you just kind of more elaborate on that? What is your, if you want to carry that on more in terms of community and really leaving the mass, the mass, but offer us kind of your, you know, maybe at the parish level and then personally, right, for the yeah. person in the pew, how do we evangelize, do it well, yeah. and really carry on, right? Like live, live uh, actively and joyfully the Paschal Mystery in 2023. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think for parishes, if we're going to talk at the parish level, the, the most important thing is to foster solid sacrament, training in personal prayer, right? Teaching people how to have their own prayer life, right? And then teaching sacred scripture. Um, Bible studies, things like that, Lectio Divina, um, groups that study the Bible thematically or go through uh, chronologically or whatever you, whatever have you. I, I do a lot of work with Ascension Press. I have a podcast called Every Knee Shall Bow, 
And uh, Ascension is made famous by Jeff Caven's um, uh, Great Adventure Bible Study. It's his way of looking at the Bible through the, the narrative book, so you kind of get a feel of the overall flow of sacred scripture. Doing things like that, giving people a sense of rootedness within salvation history, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the early church, right, today, um, giving people a place uh, and having that instruction, I think, is so important. Um, fostering a relationship with the Holy Spirit, I think very few Catholics even understand the role of the Holy Spirit. They get the Father and the Son, but they forget about the Holy Ghost, right? Um, and so things like that that can be done at the parish level, absolutely. Retreats, Spiritual times, conferences, I think, are so important um, on top of the Bible studies. Um, and then at home, this is the thing that I am obsessed with. I teach people basically how to have a prayer life by reading the Gospels every day until they die, right? Like, start with Mark if you've never read the Gospels. Read through at your own pace. When you finish Mark, go back and do Mark again, and then you'll be like, oh, it's a little more familiar. Then go on to uh, Luke, and then John, and then Matthew, and then Mark. Luke, John, and then keep going until you die. Um, and do it for 30 minutes or an hour a day, you know, what have you. And one of the things, I, I say this, because people don't know who Jesus is. Right? They don't know his personality. You know, I, I, the thing that drives me insane today, I hear Catholics who don't know our Lord say things like, well, I just believe in my heart that Jesus would never do that. And you're like, really? Do, do you know him? Do you know this Jesus? Or are you just really talking about you? Right? And that's the thing. Right? You've heard this. I mean, we've all heard this, especially about moral compromises and whatnot, um, we, we have this, this, this sense of, well, Jesus is like this, you know, gentle hippie who would never impose himself. <laughs> but if you actually, I'm, I'm on loop 10 right now. I am taking an hour a day and just observing and writing down what I observe. I'm not trying to interpret. I'm just observing. And, you know, when Jesus sends the 70 out to all the villages to prepare his way, when he does his journey from Galilee down to Jerusalem, uh, I mean, it is brutal. <laughs> he says, you know, walk into a house, walk into a house and say, um, you know, peace be upon this house. If a son of peace lives there, his peace will remain. But if not, uh, your peace is going to leave with you and you're going to walk out and you're going to shake the dust from your feet. You're going to testify against the people. And then you're going to say it'd be better for the people of Sodom than for you. <laughs> right, these are the chosen people, right? Like, this stuff is brutal. And then right after that, he says, woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida, right? <laughs> and you're just like, dang, our Lord is intense, right? And um, sometimes I think we forget that because we sing songs about Jesus, gentle and mild. And when you're going through a crisis, Frank Sheep said, Jesus, uh, gentle and mild is not the one you need, right? It doesn't feel like you're strong enough, right? So this is the thing, is getting the sense of the personality of Jesus. This is what I do personally. This is what my family does. I try my as best as possible to communicate this to my kids, although they're all psychotic. Um, you know, I, I love my children, but man. Uh, and so, right, we're all struggling trying to do this, right? So, And I try to do this in all the talks and, and all my volunteering at my local parish. I'm deeply rooted in my parish. Um, uh, I go to an ordinary parish now. It's like a small country church. Um, belongs to the ordinary to the chair of St. Peter and it's just, it's an incredible experience of life and liturgy, community. They're all seamless tonight. We're going to Mass, and then afterwards we're going to have about 400 people at a picnic on the field outside in 105-degree oh. weather. That yeah. is, that is amazing. What's the name of the parish, Mike? Presentation of the Lord Catholic Church. Yeah, we'll, we'll pray for you tonight as you gather. Yeah. That's so, so important, and especially in the day of Mary. Uh, and, and to your point, right, there's... 
There, there's kind of, I, I don't think there's two, but man, did you strike a chord when you said, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's, if it's the modern because we simulate so much with, with you know, the, the growth of uh, what would be, you know, kind of like a false reality with the internet and with the digital world, I would say. So much of it we make on our own between video games and computer games and, and what, you know, blogs. I mean, we, we, can, we can quite literally, right, make up our own personality. That's not us. That's nobody but this, per this like, thing in our head, this idea in our head. And we can make that be liked and friended and post on the internet. And to your yeah. point, like there, <laughs> there's a, there's an objectivity to all this. I mean, we, <laughs> God revealed Himself, and He did it in you know within four books, and we call those the Gospels. And you know, I that is a great practical insight that you offered our re, our listeners mm -hmm. in getting to know the personality of Jesus. And you can, you can by reading and praying with that revealed Word in yeah. personal meditative prayer. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's, what, what do you attribute it to? I don't want to be polemical, but what do you attribute to this, you know, so many think that we can kind of put our own, like, well, I don't think Jesus, no, Jesus did do that. <laughs> he <laughs> did. We can read about it. Don't, we can't like change that. What, what do you attribute that to? Do you think it's a Protestant influence? Do you think it's the growth of the social media? Do you think it's the modern man and like he devalues the sacramentality of the world? What do you think it is? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can all tell the you above. came out of yeah. seminary. Uh, yeah, the, uh, it is all of the above. But Frank Sheed was writing his book, um, to What Difference Does Jesus Make, in, uh, in the, I think, the early 60s or late 50s. And he was observing these things. Uh, he said that too many people think they can find Jesus in their neighbor, you can find Jesus in your own heart, or you have a Jesus of your theological diagram, right? Um, and... And, and to me, I think those are perennial temptations, but really that Jesus in my heart thing, it's so shocking because there's a profound biblical ignorance of who Jesus is. I mean, mm -hmm. profound among Catholics and Protestants. So my call is the same, and, and that means you, we have this saying of uh, the liturgy of the table. And so if you think about the Mass and, and the Holy Eucharist as being the, the Blessed Sacrament, for us, it's dinner. So invite people over, right? Mike Gormley, thank you so much. We look forward to having you November 14th in Dickinson at the Real Presence Radio Banquet. We are off to our larger break. Mike, God bless you and your work. Keep it up. Thank you. We are your hosts, Father Craig Holkalter, pastor of the Church of St. Anne, along with Karen Zelensky of Real Presence Radio. When we return, we are speaking with Father Gary Benz on uh, a nice theological topic, reincarnation, can we believe or not believe? Uh, we'll be back after this break. God bless you on this day of Mary, our mother.